0: We're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, November 13th. And I'm here today to recap number two Ohio State's 56 to 14 win over the Indiana Hoosiers in the horseshoe yesterday afternoon. Look, it was mostly a get right game for the Buckeyes. Personally, I saw just about everything I was hoping to see, except, of course, another injury to a Buckeye running back. Now, more on that in a minute. Ohio State seized control of the game early, jumping out to a 21-0 first quarter lead. They finished with a 662 yards of total offense. 340 of that was on the ground. That was a season high for the much maligned Ohio State running game. Three different Ohio State ball carriers would score touchdowns. C.J. Stroud threw for five touchdown passes. Marvin Harrison Jr. continued to make his case for the Boletnikoff Award with seven receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown. The defense held Indiana to 269 yards of total offense. They registered 10 tackles for loss, four sacks. Defensive back Lathan Ransom strengthened his case for the Thorpe Award with one and a half sacks and a block punt. Among the starting 11, Ransom was Ohio State's highest graded defensive player yesterday, according to PFF, with an overall grade of 80. Linebacker Tommy Eichenberg strengthened his case for the Butkus Award with three tackles for loss. So it was a return to normalcy for Ohio State, and they did it in freezing temperatures with snow in front of Fox's Joel Klatt, who called the game. Klatt spent most of last week criticizing Ohio State for playing poorly in bad weather conditions against Northwestern last Saturday. So a lot to like about Ohio State's performance against Indiana. So I'm going to tick down my list of observations. Let's start with the big area of concern for Buckeye fans. Let's just get that out of the way. And that is the health of the running back room. Travion Henderson did not suit up again yesterday. He was in street clothes on the sidelines. Chip Trainham, who was supposed to provide a little help in the run game after moving over from linebacker, he was also unavailable. But the big news was, of course, Another injury to Mayan Williams, who had to leave the game late in the second quarter with what looked like an ankle injury. Williams would head to the locker room after exploding for 147 yards on 15 carries in the first half. That included a 48-yard touchdown run. Williams spent the second half in a walking boot and needed crutches to move around the sidelines. Ryan Day seemed optimistic after the game that Williams would be able to return at some point before the end of the regular season, but... I'm not sure Day's optimism is something that I share. And of course, I never believe a word he says about injuries anymore anyway. So there are huge questions now about who Day can rely on to carry the ball. Not so much next next week against Maryland, of course, but against Michigan and into the postseason. In the short term, it looks like freshman Dallin Hayden, who has suddenly become a very important player on that roster, is the back the Buckeyes will have to lean on. Hayden and senior Swiss Army knife Xavier Johnson would fill in admirably for Mayan Williams in the second half yesterday. Hayden finished with 102 yards rushing on 19 carries and a touchdown. And though he would only get one carry, Xavier Johnson would make the most of it, taking it 71 yards for a touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That, by the way, was the longest run of the season so far for Ohio State. I mean, what are the odds that it would be Xavier Johnson with that distinction? Now, there were still some issues converting in short-yardage situations yesterday. For example, facing a third and two on Ohio State's first possession of the game, C.J. Stroud would be run out of bounds after pulling the ball in the zone read, short of the marker, and the Buckeyes would go three and out and would have to punt. Late in the second quarter, Ohio State would turn the ball over on downs after failed rushing attempts on third and two and fourth and one inside the Indiana 20-yard line. Two very frustrating moments there. Now, when asked about Ohio State's struggles in short yardage situations in the postgame, Ryan Day admitted to being stubborn when it comes to the play calling, which I thought was pretty notable. And look, maybe it's time to try throwing the ball a little more in some of these situations. Our friend Doug Maurice of Buckeye Talk yesterday talked about how Day maybe got a little too caught up in this lack of toughness narrative that developed after the Michigan game and carried into the offseason. You know, Day has been trying to prove something in these short yardage situations. And, you know, maybe he just needs to lean on what his offense does best, which is get the ball into the hands of his receivers one way or another and just let them make plays. So very interesting observation there by Maurice. It'll be interesting to see how Ohio State handles these short yardage situations uh, moving uh, moving toward that Michigan game. But those short yardage failures aside, which really had no bearing whatsoever on the final outcome of this game, and really have had no bearing on the final outcome in any of Ohio State games this season, uh, the Ohio State run game, though, yesterday really should have been celebrated. I thought Bill Landis of Rivals made a really... Good observation in his post-game column today. He said that coming into this game, the Indiana defense had held eight of its last nine opponents. It, that includes Michigan, under five yards per carry. But yesterday, Ohio State averaged just under eight yards per carry against that Hoosier defense. Of course, they racked up 340 yards rushing, as I mentioned earlier. Again, that's a season high, and they scored three rushing touchdowns. And they did it without starting right tackle DeWan Jones, who was a late scratch, just before kickoff, Josh Fryer started in Jones' place and was very good. Fryer finished as Ohio State's second highest graded offensive lineman, according to PFF, with an overall grade of 76.7. The highest graded Ohio State offensive lineman was Matthew Jones. He, uh, I think his final grade was somewhere in around the 77 range. Really good to see Jones get off the schneid. He's really struggled in recent weeks, in large part because of a foot injury. That was Jones, uh, I believe it was his highest PFF grade since the Arkansas State game. So some really nice developments in the run game for Ohio State. Finally, I'll leave you with this very interesting stat as it relates to running the football. This was making the rounds on Twitter this morning. I think this is from Tony Gerdeman. After yesterday's performance, Ohio State now averages more yards per carry than Michigan. The Buckeyes are sixth nationally, averaging 5.74 yards per carry. Michigan is seventh at 5.62 per carry. So for all their struggles, running the ball in recent weeks, all this hand-wringing and consternation about Ohio State and short-yardage situations, I found that to be a very interesting stat. File that one away for when we talk about this game in, in a couple of weeks. Now, the Williams injury... You know, again, it really put a damper on what was an otherwise pretty good day for the Ohio State run game. Now, I honestly don't know how to assess his injury and Trevion Henderson's health and how it will impact Ohio State and the pursuit of their goals. On their face, you know, injuries to Williams and Henderson would appear to be a major problem. I mean, conventional logic dictates that you need to be able to run the ball well to win a national championship. But at the same time, the tip of the spear for this Ohio State team is the passing game and the defense. That's primarily how they're going to win football games, I think especially in the postseason. So, you know, a lot was made of Ohio State failing to convert on third and two on that critical third quarter possession in the Michigan game last year. But, you know, look, that's not why the Buckeyes lost that game. They lost that game because Hassan Haskins ran through the Ohio State defense like a hot knife through butter And the Michigan pass rush had a staggering 31 pressures on C.J. Stroud. That's why Ohio State lost that game in Ann Arbor last season. Well, look, Ohio State has vastly improved in both of those areas this season. So I don't, maybe I'm crazy to think this, but I think Ohio State can still have a productive running game with Dallin Hayden, Chip Trainum, and maybe a sprinkling of Xavier Johnson. I think they can still reach their goals if these injuries to Williams and Henderson persist. So that leads me to my next topic. I think we need to have a Xavier Johnson discussion. 174 all-purpose yards for Johnson yesterday, including the 71-yard touchdown run. He had two receptions for 47 yards, 51 yards in kick returns. And it was Johnson who recovered the ball and returned it five yards to the Indiana two-yard line on Lathan Ransom's punt block in the third quarter. Now, we remember Johnson caught a huge 24-yard touchdown pass in the opener against Notre Dame to give the Buckeyes a lead in that game they would not relinquish. Yesterday now was the second time this season that Johnson filled in for injured starters on offense to deliver big-time plays. He's done it now at two different positions, receiver and running back. And all along this season, he's been an ace on special teams, as we know. I know Johnson is probably best suited to play receiver. And of course, there are going to be limited opportunities for him there because of the players in that room. But I'm starting to think Ryan Day has got to find a way to get Johnson some more touches. Johnson is way more than a heartwarming, you know, walk on makes good story. He ain't Rudy rudiger right? He's a legitimately good player. And look, with the injuries at running back, I think there's a real opportunity to get Johnson more involved here. Now, I don't think you want to give him, you know, 20 carries. He played running back in high school, but he has a wide receiver body now. But, you know, five to seven touches out of the backfield, whether it's on handoffs, jet sweeps or screen plays, why the hell not? I mean, every time this kid has been called upon, he's delivered big time. And it is an all hands on deck situation with the running game. So why not get Xavier Johnson more involved there? How about Cade Stover? Two more touchdown catches for Stover yesterday. On the season, Stover has 29 catches for 366 yards and five touchdowns. Now, those 366 receiving yards are the most by an Ohio State tight end since Jeff Hierman in 2013. Heyrman had 466 receiving yards in that season. And Stover's 29 receptions are the most by a tight end since Ben Hartsock in 2003. Hartsock had 33 receptions during that season. Look, we came into the 2022 season thinking tight end was a huge question mark and would likely be the only weakness on this offense. And here's Stover doing things at the position we haven't seen at Ohio State in decades. And oh, by the way, Stover is also grading out a very solid 72.3 in run blocking this season, according to PFF. So he's making meaningful contributions in the run game as a blocker as well. My last observation from the Indiana game, the last of C.J. Stroud's five touchdown passes went to receiver Cameron Babb. Man, what a wonderful moment for the senior receiver and spiritual leader. Babb, who was a top 100 player in Ohio State's 2018 recruiting class, has fought through four different ACL injuries in his career to get to that moment yesterday. Man, I don't think there was a dry eye in that stadium after Babb hauled in that eight-yard touchdown pass from Stroud. The celebration of Babb was so exuberant that Ohio State was flagged for a delay of game. Look, it's easy to be cynical and roll your eyes when Ohio State players talk about the program as a brotherhood. But that moment yesterday was a perfect illustration of why they use that term. So good for you, Cam Babb. We are now less than two weeks away from the showdown with Michigan. The Wolverines were 34-3 winners over lowly Nebraska in the big house yesterday. Pretty familiar box score for Michigan in that game. I feel like it's the same box score we've been looking at for the last 10 weeks. The stats, of course, tilt heavily toward the run game. 264 yards on the ground for the Wolverines. Blake Corum had 162 yards of that total on 28 carries. Now, Quorum's longest run from scrimmage yesterday was only 12 yards. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry against a Nebraska team that is 112th nationally in rush defense and 104th in opponent yards per carry. So I guess you could call it kind of a workmanlike performance out of Quorum, uh, but not explosive. I thought it was also notable that Donovan Edwards didn't play yesterday because of an undisclosed injury. And at one point during the game, I saw Blake Corum running pretty gingerly back to the Michigan sideline. So it looks like Michigan might be dealing with some, some of their own injuries in their running back room as well. Now, that's a team, Michigan, that can ill afford any injuries at running back. And if you're looking at the workload for Blake Quorum, 227 carries. Only six other backs in the country have more carries than Quorum this season. Quorum's not a big dude. You know, we're not talking about Hassan Haskins here. So the workload for Blake Quorum, I think, is something we, we should watch as we get closer to that November 26th matchup with Ohio State. But the bigger story, in my view, is the play of quarterback J.J. McCarthy. He was 8 of 17 for 129 yards, two touchdown passes yesterday. McCarthy also ran for another score. But it was the fourth straight game and five out of his last six that McCarthy was well under 200 yards passing. And it's not like he's faced a murderer's row of pass defenses over that stretch. We're talking about the likes of Nebraska. They're 92nd nationally against the past Michigan State, 106th, Indiana, 115th. Look, I think it's one thing to struggle throwing the ball against the likes of Iowa and Penn State, who Michigan also played over that stretch, but against Nebraska, Michigan State and Indiana, I don't know. And I think the limitations of the Michigan passing game are a big reason why their offense is only 41st nationally in converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. This is another thing I've been harping on. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but there just hasn't been enough national discourse on this aspect of the Michigan offense. Ohio State, by comparison, against a tougher schedule, by the way, is second nationally converting over 81% of their red zone chances into touchdowns. The Wolverines have kicked twice as many field goals in the red zone than Ohio State. That's 15 field goals for Michigan State in the red zone compared to only seven for Ohio State. Okay, a lot more to come on the game in the coming weeks. Ohio State still has one more test before we can focus all of our energies on Michigan. The Buckeyes travel to College Park next Saturday to take on Maryland. The Terps were a 30 to nothing loser at Penn State yesterday. Look for a preview of that game from Paige, Chad, and myself, probably coming this Thursday. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks! You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.